0: Hello and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, March 26th, 2020. Otherwise known as Make Up Your Own Holiday Day. So I guess this is kind of like a uh, a freebie. It can be whatever day we want it to be. Ooh. And you didn't just make this up? I did not just make this up. <laughs> this is an actual holiday where you get to make up your own holiday.
1: Hmm. All right, let's hear it. What do y'all choose? Oof. What is something underrated that needs to be celebrated more That everyone can participate in. Chili. I would say fried chicken. Back to my (laughs) chicken chicken chili. Let's make today chicken chili day. Chicken chili. All right. Done. Done. There you go. All
0: right. Well, now that we've settled that, what else has been going on? Mike, you're back in Joshua Tree. That's right. Do people call it JT for short? mm, Or only in writing? Only in text messaging. Yeah. It's only like a written thing.
2: Yeah. Our slang is J-tree. J-tree. If we shorten it, nice. J-tree.
0: It's sounds a good, like a It rolls off the tongue. Sounds like a drama that would come on like Channel 5 for high schoolers.
2: <laughs> I was going to say JT sounds like the friend that you're glad you didn't have after high school.
0: <laughs> Gee, good thing <laughs> I distanced myself socially from JT.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I shot in Atlanta for a few days went back to Oklahoma City to work on some raised garden beds for my mom. It's actually her birthday, March 23rd, the day we're recording, so happy birthday, All right, mom. Happy birthday. If you're listening, I love you and I hope you like your raised garden beds. It wasn't necessarily a birthday present, but you're I'm calling it. Yeah, but I'm calling it that. <laughs> it actually worked out really great. I know my mom had been wanting them for a while. And it's kind of a funny story. Long ago, one of my very first sponsors was a company called Industrial by Design. They made hairpin legs, sliding barn door hardware, sponsored a lot of videos. And the dude Wes, shout out Wes, if you're listening. Again, I'm doing a lot of shout outs.
0: Happy birthday, Wes. Hope you like the The guy that started gardens. that
2: company. He did a really great job. He basically made it suited for Amazon, did a really great job of working with me, a few other influencers to really get traffic to his, uh, to his listing. And after a couple of years, he was actually able to sell the company and cash out. Nice. And whenever I did sponsored videos for him or whenever he sponsored videos of mine, I should say, I always did a quick little recut for his Amazon listing, maybe a minute long that showed that basically showed like this is how you install barn door hardware. Thanks for watching. Check the written instructions for more info. And he started a new company after selling that hairpin leg company all around garden supply. It's called Rhino Garden Supply. If you want to check them out on Instagram, they've got a few products out now and I'm sure they're going to be expanding as spring continues as long as everything returns back to normal. And so I was basically doing the same thing that I did before, but for his home and garden product products. One of them was a really cool mobile tiered planner. I mean, it assembles like something you would get from Ikea, but it rolls around and the planners water the planter below it. So all you got to do is put yeah. water in the top one. There's drainage holes in the bottom of the actual plastic planner and it just feeds all the way to the bottom. And the bottom one obviously has plugs in it. So it doesn't just go into the floor. That's a cool product. And then I did the same videos for a four foot by eight foot and a four foot by four foot raised garden bed kit that I think is also available on Amazon. So it was fun. It wasn't a build video for YouTube, more a quick instructional video for his website and for all of that. But I got something cool out of it, made a little bit of money, got to visit home and give my mom a cool gift. So it was fun. It was pretty light work. And now I'm just editing that while I'm back here in Joshua Tree and loving it dude the weather in california every time i leave i remember why i love it so much it's beautiful it's always so sunny it's warm you don't get rained out that was why i was in oklahoma for so long i was waiting for one day to film because i had Mm. to do it outside yeah and i waited for five days so that i could finally have one clear day so
0: five days for the one day
2: yeah exactly so yeah california is expensive to live in compared to a lot of places but if weather is a factor. Yeah. It's part of the equation for sure. I mean, if
0: you can work five days for every single day, you can work somewhere else, right? You just make that money right there. I
2: was going to say, and I know it's only because it's springtime, but still it's something where I'm just trapped inside wanting to do something. But yeah, I should have probably done a project on the side while I was waiting, but I didn't. I just took some time to hang out and see
1: friends. So you went kind of modular with the planters. I saw how you kind of, it's weird because I always think of like tongue and groove as more, or shiplap as being more along the length of the wood but you did it with the ends
2: yeah they were like these half lap joints that went through the width of the board instead of the thickness of the board right it was very cool and then it just had a pin in every corner where the boards met to hold it all in place and once dirt was in it there was enough pressure kind of pushing everything out that it was sturdy and locked in
1: so it looked like you put in some tension rods in the middle so that the the flanks wouldn't kind of bow out with the weight of the dirt. Was that just steel pipe or what was that?
2: Yeah, it was flat bar steel. And once again, this is all the Amazon kit. I didn't alter it whatsoever. But yeah, it's just maybe eighth inch thick flat rod steel. And they had these liners that went in them to basically hold all the dirt in place. It's made out of that same weed control fabric. Mm-hmm. And it had a, uh, it's basically like two four foot by four foot pockets. So it had a had a little opening so that it could go over those oh. flat bars. It was pretty well designed. It was made out of really good straight grain cedar. I was genuinely impressed by it. And it was really, really funny the amount of people that hit me up interested in it. So it makes me really, st- it's making me consider some spring outdoor projects more than I typically do.
1: Well, I think also right now people are like taking a different consideration to gardening and things like that. I mean, the, when life is on the line. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: okay. this, is, this is my new gro- grocery store.
1: Yeah. When you it's a weird feeling to walk in a grocery store that you're used to seeing just completely full of food and to see whole aisles pretty much empty. Totally. And now they're empty because everybody overbought for like the next like three weeks worth of food and supply lines will then come in and replenish that. But it still is just like a visual that I've never that I've never seen before. 9-11,
2: 911 or not 911? Y2K was 7/11. it like that on Y2K? No, no it no.
0: wasn't. No,
1: no, Dang.
2: no.
0: Because I think that people probably like. First off, it was very few people that were like really taking part in that, and you knew it was coming for months. So and like, the majority just, like, of people stuff. weren't Got that it.
1: digitally integrated, right? This was before smartphones. This was before you know. There, I mean, obviously email and all those things, but people weren't using digital technology on a daily basis the way they are now so it's kind of like this new thing is going to break all right well we remember life without it so you know maybe it's going to cause business trouble but we'll wait and see but now you got generations where
2: there's been computers the whole time they've been alive exactly so something like that today would be insanity
1: but I, i do think that there's going to be an uptick in interest in not going full prepper but like Suddenly, if you have a suburban house, maybe we do have like a couple garden plots or maybe we do have four or five chickens in the back. I was talking to my parents and I was like, oh, you guys stock up on food? And they're like, well, we don't need eggs because we have four chickens. So we get about three to four eggs every day. So they probably each chicken probably gives them about five eggs a week. So they're getting 20 eggs a week. And my dad's like, oh, I can just go fishing. <laughs> Take the yeah, boat out. Yeah,
2: no joke. <laughs> I'll be
1: all by myself, <laughs> socially nice. isolated, and so he's like, "Yeah, we just need, you know, we bought a fifty-pound bag of rice or so, and uh, so we're we're kind of all set." And they have a they have like four big raised garden beds that yeah, they do. You can have you ever looked at like per square foot gardening where it's like where they garden really densely. It's mm, pretty no. interesting, right? Like look at like you know sometimes when you're bored, look at yeah. like square foot gardening. And it's really about like how much food they can pack into like a single square foot and then you. really play it out for like how many square feet do you actually need to like support a person. Hmm. And if you really sort of do it vertically, like the kind of planners that, that you posted about, you can do it really efficiently even without a lot of land. So I think they will be, not a, it won't become like a mainstream thing, but I think it's like it'll increase the plausibility of like people considering bringing that into their space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not to say it's like some kind of perfect storm, but it's the combination of more downtime and an actual kind of like an actionable concern that really pair together. And I just Googled square foot gardening, not because I was bored, but because I have a computer in front of me. And it's really cool. So the idea is you make some kind of like raised garden bed or whatever you're going for, but literally section it off in one square foot increments. Mm. Yes. And then you just pack it dense. But because everything is separated, I'm, I'm sure it's like easier to maintain that way.
1: I've thought about doing like the per square foot workshop, <laughs> right? Like hit it where it's just it's I don't know what it would be, but it would be like taking that idea, taking a set of ideas in a different discipline like gardening and being like, OK, what if I switched out the variables and thought of this as like working? How do I get that density, but also that flexibility? That's.
2: In a way, that's sort of what Brad from Fix This Build That does so well is he's like I'm. I've got a two car garage that's pretty much the size of everyone else's, and my goal is to make it work as good as anybody can right. for people in that situation.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's what makes his his shop build so relatable and why they're so yeah. popular. Well, it's funny just because he's also very handsome.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> handsome, handsome Brad. it's it's weird thinking about it so going from a two-car garage to the space that i'm in now not to brag i i really don't have any more tools than what i had in the two-car garage
2: Now you just have room for outfeed
0: yeah i just have space (laughs) now and like i can i I, you know i can not move my project every time i need to make a new cut or whatever you
1: have room to ponder life's greatest questions like should i get a cnc machine
0: yes I've got. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, out of curiosity, before we dip into your guys's what we've been up to, is there like one terrible, terrible headache that you don't have anymore now that you're in the bigger shop? Was there like one thing that was constantly just the most annoying?
0: Hmm. You know, honestly, it was what I just said. It was just like oh, okay. moving the stuff every time. Like I used to move projects constantly, and got it. that's and and I did some big projects. Like I remember building my dining table in there, which is like a I don't know, probably a little bit longer than eight feet probably and 40 inches wide or something like that. Maybe not and that very wide, beautiful. But, and very beautiful. But like, you know, the top is pretty heavy. And I remember like one time like, oh, I got to make this cut. I got to move it over here. I got to move it back up to the table. Like I'd always have saw horses set up. So it was mm. like, I kind of had two tables so I could like move it to this one, move it to that one. And most of the time, like I could slide stuff pretty easily. And it was it was the type of thing like it sucked, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But like I could see... You know, if I was doing that for fifteen years, I, I'm gonna like ruin my back doing it or something. But Got I remember it. that dining table one time, like having to put it on the ground and like doing one of those moves where you're like, "Oh, I'll set it on my foot," and then like I'll <laughs> stand up and I'll get leverage on it, and I set it on my foot, and like i had already cut a like a pretty good bevel onto it, and it was just like so much pressure, like right on my toes. I was like, "Oh God, this oh, is God. stupid," and I was so I was like. Panicking to like try to get it but not break it and it sucked. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, so so not dealing with that stuff is probably the uh, biggest luxury. Heck yeah, that's awesome. And now you
2: got room to shoot like the deep three sc- scrap wood shot into the oh, trash yeah. can.
0: Oh, you can go from downtown, baby, with you that, got that Steph Curry scrap skip ball for no reason, just just hash mark for no reason, just <laughs> middle of the first quarter. I'm going, that's tight. So,
2: what
1: have you guys been working on? What's new? Well, I finished all the desks, I made five desks in the last week
0: built like a classroom
1: yeah yeah uh, i mean some of them are really easy you know just a couple of sheets of plywood glued together but yeah so it it's so interesting doing what we do because the rate at which we build stuff and acquire new skills or learn experiment with new materials. So puts us so beyond the average kind of DIYer that builds maybe three or four projects a year. Yeah. And so it's funny. It's like I almost felt apologetic sort of saying, oh, these things are really simple. But I just wanted to get some quick and easy stuff out there for people that are looking for them. But it was one of the most positively reviewed videos. And it wasn't dramatically different. It's normally I think I have like a 95 to 96 percent likes to dislikes. And this was like 98 to 99 Yeah, right on. Yeah, it was, which to me is a much better indicator than content. Uh, It's not a perfect sample size because to me, watch time. compared to comments, you mean? Right. Because comments, you know, you're getting, you know, one comment for every hundred or every thousand views or whatever it is. And with likes and dislikes, at least you're seeing a proportion. Yeah. But yeah, it just reminded me of, you know, when I started, the projects were all simple things that could be built in a few hours, not projects that have glue ups that go in between days and then, you know, right. so it was fun. And the other thing that people were really intrigued at was like the colored wood stain, which is something that I've always considered, but I haven't really done a lot of. I was so surprised by it. The color took way better than I ever expected it to. Yeah. And it looks good up close. It's not modeled like that. It's weird too, because there's so many times I've built stuff out of two by fours that were a little bit pinkish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm always trying, Oh, it looks too bad. I got to lower the saturation of the, of the photo. And it's just like, it's not quite right. But leaning into it being like, Oh, wood can sometimes look a little bit too pinkish. So let's just, let's just see let's how we actually, pink. right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it a, was it like tinted polyurethane or what was it? It's just used? a
1: stain. It's a water-based stain. Oh, and then stain. you polyurethane over it.
2: Okay. Yeah, Verithane makes it, so it's the same as it's the same product as all their just yeah. general walnut whatever yeah. stain,
0: honey oak,
2: exactly.
1: Right. So, but th- they have two colors in particular. Like I've used the whitewash Verithane for a long time. I used it on that cedar table. I love the way it looks on cedar because cedar really absorbs it and it takes it very evenly. Whitewash on oak can be a little bit tricky because it can look a little too too streaked mm-hmm. and not even. But these. We did the the rose-colored stain on the birch veneer plywood, and that just looks phenomenal. And then we did the, the aqua or the vintage aqua on the the oak, and it kind of looks like an old kind of classic car kind of feel. Like, it has a little bit of that.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: You know what I'm it saying? It kind of does. Like a yeah, vintage, like, like baby a 50 blue Chevy. Yeah, Where it'd be of.
2: two-tone. It would be like some car with some fins on it. The base would be blue with like a white top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm now editing. So I released one video that had three really quick desks that could all be made in less than two hours. And they're really basic. The one that's a little bit on the, on the more interesting side design wise is the one that has storage in it, sort of an art table. And I've been thinking a lot about this idea of like having the blinders on and like reducing distractions. I, I now when I'm like editing and stuff, I have to like, put my phone in a drawer. I just am too, especially with all the new stuff I've I've gotten I've been checking Twitter and like weird Johns Hopkins databases for seeing updates on the news and everything that's going around, but a little too often. So, I really like this idea of having a workspace that's a little bit more immersive. And for so I made this desk the the sort of aqua one where it has these kind of like walls around it. So it's almost like a desk. That's also a cubicle. Yeah. But I think for the next one, I'm going to take that even, even farther as I, as I mentioned before and and really start to think about like, if I'm going to, most of my work is like one or two tasks and I don't need these big expansive desks that I can also use to like set bills on and paperwork and 800 different pens and all the stickers that I get and, memory cards like it really should yeah. be for working not for storage so i'm trying to think of like more and more how do i want if we're going to spend a lot more time at home how do i really like dial this in and get really like efficient how do i get like nascar pit crew type efficient for this and yeah. that's it
2: man it's it's literally cutting out distractions right because when you're at work hopefully you've set up your office or your lifestyle to sort of limit those but at home that's where all the distractions live
1: Right. So I was thinking of doing like a a desk that's really just as big as the two computers that I have on it. I use two screens. So it's really so much smaller desk and then have like a storage tower right to the size of it. That pretty much goes all the way to the ceiling. And then in those towers like shelves and there's trays with different stuff. So if I am going to pay bills, I pull out like the bill paying tray that has like stamps, envelopes like my uh, return address, little stamp, you know, the little rubber thing that you just see you don't know, have to write it all out. Right. It has a different one for like hard drives where I pull out that tray and can back up everything, you know, stuff like that where, I, where it becomes like the NASCAR workshop where, you know, they keep all the tools against one wall. The cars are in the middle of an empty space and they load up just the tools they need on a cart so there's no clutter, there's no digging around, just what they need for that surgical operation. Again, this is how I think they they do it for, I'm not a doctor, but surgery, right? You know, they, they, they prep the trays, the trays go on the cart. And so there's no fumbling. It's just essentially what you need to perform that specific task in the most efficient manner possible. So yeah, that's sort of what I'm generally thinking. And I think that could also lead to visually like a more interesting design rather than have this kind of desk that has storage all over it. It's really just, just the workspace and then the storage tower right next to it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I can tell you from my experience, like, you know, building the desk that I'm sitting at right now that I built for to be my everyday desk or whatever. Right. Is this a video desk? Yeah. Yeah. It was the one I put out in the video that I built with Michael Lohm, like probably, I don't know, six, seven months ago, something like that. I remember. And so we, we built the desk. We got, I got three small boxes on top. I've got two like filing cabinets that he built one on either side with three drawers in them. And I definitely use them and keep stuff in them. But like all of the stuff that I actually use for editing is pretty much at this point in my camera bag where I keep like my laptop and all my camera gear that I take back and forth with me to the shop. So when I go to the shop, I take my laptop. I have my my external drives that like I do all of my editing off of. So like I really Like the the stuff that I store that I keep around here, it's all stuff that's sort of like ancillary computer type stuff that like, you know, technological stuff that I that I use. But it's not like stuff that I need to grab while I'm working.
2: Yeah, it's almost like admin stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just like, here's the place to put that stuff. But there's it would be not really any less convenient if it were 20 feet away somewhere because it's not like I'm just reaching grabbing for it all the time. So you're extra fancy. Cause you run on desktops, right? For I do my editing on the desktop. Wow! I like it so you got that editing bay at home and at the office. Well, so at the office, I you know I just take my laptop with me, which is like something I've been thinking about. <sighs> Must now. be nice. Must yeah. be nice, bro. <laughs> hey man. Must be nice. Mm. Look at this right here. Look at
2: this. This, this <laughs> is that,
1: a. Did that come? Can you guys see what I got here? Did that come with the Fest tool? Wow! Two laptops. Okay. I, just note, I just want to note. I just want to note for
2: anybody that can't see, which is everyone listening. Chris is just holding up two laptops while he's using his desktop. That's right. One of these is wow. the Only one of them must is mine. be nice.
0: But I've actually been thinking about switching to at least at least for the next little while while the, while Seven's out of school. Like it makes it so hard to edit at home. I converted to laptop only, and I love it. Well, I was thinking about taking my desktop to the office or to, just to the workshop so that that's when I need to do my big editing, I do it there. And then just uh, having okay. the laptop here for when I need to do other stuff.
2: Can I give you my opinion? Let's hear it. Please do. You just need to office space that desktop.
0: Get it out of your life. No way, man. Commit to the laptop fully. You will it, love it. It's so much faster. My desktop.
2: Also, Are you editing 4K? real
0: estate for editing. The only stuff I that's get in 4k, it. you is, get used to it though. Yeah, I know. I used to do all my editing off my laptop. Like I did it for, I don't know, a, the first two or three years of YouTube <laughs> until basically like oh, okay. until, until that. I quit my job pretty much. I was doing everything off the laptop, but, and I did it, right. but all like right. now that I'm used to the desktop and I use the laptop, I'm like, Oh God, this sucks.
2: Yeah. Do your thing. Something I've been really interested in doing is just getting one of those hubs where you plug your entire laptop into the hub and then you can run yeah, an external like, monitor off of it. Just dock I think it. I'm going to do that eventually once I get the, the ultimate setup. How, yeah. how big
1: is your hard drive or your storage on your laptop, Mike? Is it a terabyte or two? I think it's two terabyte, but I run, you know, those orange external hard drives?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one like Casey that everybody has. That
2: has. has. Yeah. Yeah. The the, I think it Lacey, lacie L-A-C-I-E. I run a couple of those and I edit straight on them because they're fast is, enough. Are for they it. the
1: RAID ones or the regular ones? I think they're as good as they offer. Yeah. The RAID ones are really fast for that. Yeah. Some people use like those Samsung solid state ones. Yeah, they that's what I use. a little bit faster, but the RAID ones, yep. the RAID L, those ones are so thin and you have to get like a weird cable for them sometimes. Yeah. But the thing that I like about the using the desktop is it's the same thing I like about having more shop space it's not to actually store more tools or more power. It's to have more empty space so I can have more active projects going at a time. Yeah. And I get what you're saying. So, so like, like for me, four terabyte oh, hard go. drive is just like, so what I, what I kind of do is like, I do edit some on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a project that I know I have to get done in a hurry, that's like time sensitive between when I'm filming it and when I'm publishing it, I go straight to the laptop because then it's going to, the laptop's pretty much almost always with me. So even if I'm traveling, I can still finish that edit on time. But for anything like the container house, where it's like a project that's taking months to build, I love being able to just dump it onto there and not have to look through a hard drive later. So it's like having those for long, long haul projects. I really like the (laughs) desktop.
2: That's funny because this whole kind of topic that we're going off of, of like what's your optimum workspace or whatever, whether you're using a desktop or a laptop, I think is like one of the biggest determining factors on what the form of what you're using looks like. It's, if it's, you got to go for it, Chris,
0: it's the workshop or, or two car garage. Exactly. Cause your if you got um, your two car,
2: if you got monitors, you might as well get a monitor stand so that you can utilize all that space underneath. But if you're, if you're using a laptop, then the best thing you could have is just as much flat surface as possible.
1: So what's, yeah. what's the monitor? Is the monitor like the workbench? Because I just work on the floor. So is that more like right. using a laptop? <laughs> yeah, is that I the equivalent so just,
2: in the maker world? Yeah, because you can just make it happen wherever you're at. All you need is a flat fo- floor.
0: Yeah, just a two got- by
1: four so you can run your circuit of saw right on it. I think working on
0: the floor would be like if you had like a VR headset that you were editing (laughs) in or something. It's just with you all the time.
2: No, I feel like the VR headset is like the ultimate workshop. That's the workshop that everybody wishes they had.
0: It's like the Frank Howarth. No limitations. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) That's a VR
1: headset. Yeah, shout out to Frank Howarth. You know what? I'm going to go watch his YouTube later. I haven't checked it out in a while. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Frank
2: Howarth really is the man. He's got me fully convinced that I need a radio alarm saw. (laughs) (laughs) you have to get it dude that was the way i think about it is (laughs) if i've got a garage workshop and i'm renovating a house why do you want a miter saw so you can pick it up and take it inside cut some trim boards throw it in the in the in the truck but if i've got a garage workshop attached to the house that i'm renovating i want that radial arm saw with that perfect 90
0: i get asked all all the time why i don't have a miter saw in my shop and actually i was thinking about it It's because you got that sliding table on your table saw, dude. Well, I actually don't have that anymore. So when I reconfigured the shop, I ended up taking that off of it. Wow. And I put, I set up my ACS, the Craig ACS, like permanently to the left side of my workbench or like my outfeed table, like where it's all exactly the same height and everything. I got it all dialed in. Yeah. And it's kind of become like how you would use a miter saw. That's pretty cool. And it's just like, yeah, like it's just like always there. So like if I have to like cross cut something that's rough or like just do like quick breakdown and I don't want to do it on the table saw, it's just like super convenient. Like the only time where I think I would be like, damn, I should really have a miter saw is if I was going to cross cut like, I don't know, 50 things in a row or something. Yeah, it's like I got to cut down 21
2: by twos. Yeah. Just like some stupid small stuff.
0: Yeah. Like that's so few and far between that. If I, if I do that, I have a miter saw at home that I will take with me and do it.
2: And even on that note, I cut a bunch of basically one by two pieces. They're out of plywood, but they're basically the same dimensions on the Craig ACS, which for anybody that's not familiar, Craig makes it, it's a table for their track saw system, right? Just to make, you know, everything a little more convenient. That's about enough. You can Google it. But the cool part about it is when you're cutting that small material, you don't have to move the track saw at all. All you do is plunge yeah. down and it cuts through the whole material. Dude, that's it's what I was one doing. one of the <laughs> funnest things to do. It's so fun.
0: You're like, zoom. Okay, that's it. And then you move on to the next piece and you just zoom. That's what I was doing when I was like, oh my God, this is my miter saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> that's how I'm essentially using it at this point. And you're probably getting cleaner cuts anyways, because it's that track saw blade. It's like that 60
2: tooth blade. The smoothest exactly cool how so that means you guys are fully embedded in the shop now is this set up are you all like actually running like where are you at
0: we're fully like two projects are going on right now two two big projects have been going on right now We, we still have some more setup to do but it's been one of those things where it's like all right let's knock out these projects then we'll get back to it so like hopefully next week we'll we'll do a little bit more setup but like we've got dust collection all in there we've got both table saws up and running like
2: please do a shop tour
0: Oh, we're going to, we're going to do like okay. kind of a, I would call it like a shop tour slash setup video is the plan. Yeah. So it, it's been perfect. like going on in, I started filming it obviously like before he got there, like a couple of days before, like when I started like really reorganizing, I started filming it. And it's been one of those things where like, we could have done it potentially last month. We could have done it this month. We could do it next month, but we keep holding off. Cause it's like, well, why don't we just wait because we know we're going to do this thing and then that way that's in the video also. It's like one of those ones it. it's hard to find that. Where Where do we just cut it off? Because obviously like we're probably going to end up doing something after we cut it off, but we just have at some point have to decide like, all right, that's 95% of what we're going to do. That's good enough. That's where we cut it off.
2: Yeah, that's it. Because it's that's always going to keep changing.
0: I mean, it would probably be like that with like any kind of big project. I would I would assume like, you know, if Mike, say you next year, get a house and you do a full renovation on a house, right? Like you probably will have to kind of artificially cut yourself off at some point of like, Oh, I still want to do these things, but like that doesn't need to be in here. Exactly. And I even do that now,
2: like on the mini kitchen video, that thing was getting long Mm -hmm. and I'm never complaining about getting, you know, two videos out of that where I was able to get the kitchen video as well as the floating shelves video. That's awesome. More videos, the better, but it was exactly that situation where I'm like, this thing's already 20 minutes long. If I go in depth on these floating shelves, it's going to be 30 minutes. Yeah. And not to say that that's something you can't do, but it's something I've never done. And I was a little nervous of, so I split it into two videos. And so for you, if it's the same situation where you put out that video and then a little while later, you're like, oh man, I just made a dope charging station or I made a really cool assembly table or something. Great. Let well, know, it be its own video.
0: It seems like some people do like yearly shop tour kind of things. So yeah. Johnny Brook I think does that yeah. pretty regular. Yeah. So it could be that kind of thing. It's like, here's everything new we built for the shop. And just like, actually, that's a good idea. Especially if you can make it into like, instead of just a tour, like more project based, like here's the things we did. So just like, you know, if you knew that every February you did that and it was the year before in July and you're like, oh, we want to do this thing in the shop. Just film it and let it sit there until next year and then throw it all together in a, in a video. And then people can see how you change it over the year. See the facial exactly. hair growing, shortening, growing, <laughs> shortening. Yeah, because there's got to be
2: the situations where you think it's perfect or you think it's set up right, but then you do a project that's different. Maybe it's bigger. It does some different techniques. And you're like, oh, wait, let's rearrange or right. some, some kind of tool. other. Yeah, something else would be beneficial here. So telling that story, I think, would be fun. I'd be interested in it.
0: All right. At least we got one view. We know it. I'm making it, and I will dislike. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Speaking of views, what bottom? Listen to a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H E L P. Help. Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Therapy isn't something that really probably a lot of makers talk about on a daily basis, but it's absolutely important. And I just say it this way. Do you think you're actually living up to your potential? Like, is your objective understanding of what you could do, does that match with what you see yourself actually doing? If not, seeing a therapist can help you connect the dots and make you figure out why you're not living up to what you think you could be doing. And BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be available locally in your areas. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send messages to your counselor. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't even have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, and you don't have to take their word for it. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. So visit betterhelp.com modernmaker. That's better, H-E-L-P, help, and join to over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So this is a special offer for our listeners, and you'll get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash modernmaker. All right, back to the show. I have a question. How many backup copies of stuff do you guys make on average, right? Zero. Backup copies? You mean like a digital file or? Well, so... If I'm archiving a project, which means I'm taking it off one of my computers Uh and it's going onto a hard drive and into the cloud, Mm -hmm. I'll store it onto a hard drive and I'll upload it into Dropbox. And then it's like, then I look, I'm like, oh, physical hard drives have a really high failure rate. They actually fail more like they're more likely to fail than your computer itself. So then I (laughs) I have
0: two of those,
1: right? Two of those. (laughs) And then. Yeah, it feels like a little bit crazy, but I don't know. It feels Is this
0: something that this is something that you've published or like something like the container house where you're still like working on it? So something published.
2: What do you do, Chris?
0: I mean, I have it in two places and I've been debating quitting doing that because I've gone to those archives like zero times usually. Yeah. (laughs) Don't quit. (laughs) I've come so far. Play it safe, bro. And then
1: here's the problem though. The idea of putting it onto two hard drives is a sound one in theory, but only if you store them in separate places. Right. That's the part that I always fail at. Oh, because the whole, like, fire yeah, and or burn, flood if, or something if, like that.
0: Right.
2: If my
1: desk catches on fire, they're both going down. Well, are you guys actually saving
0: stuff to the cloud?
2: Are you all on Dropbox or iCloud saving
1: everything? Well, this brings me to my next idea for a desk is I kind of want to build a fireproof safe into the desk. So you know how, like, at, like, Mm. some stores or retail places they have, or like bars when they get the cash. They just like push it into immediately into a vault. Yeah. yeah. I was almost thinking of like something like that where it's like, okay, this one hard drive is like in this like fireproof safe. Yeah. This just is the backup the
2: whole... to the backup and it must never
1: go bad. Yeah. I need to get a server. Yeah. Yeah. You should
0: just make your whole desk fireproof.
2: You know what? Just build a fireproof house while we're at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ben's got enough sprinklers in the container. I think it'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) Then those
0: files are going to get all wet.
2: No, I'm with you guys. So I do a bad job. Lately, I've started editing on external hard drives, like I mentioned, once I basically ran out of hard drive space on my actual laptop. And so I moved all of my project files there, as well as all the sort of final edits. And now I edit off of the hard drive that's external. And I always keep a copy. But prior to that, it was all off the laptop. And twice in my life, and I'm not not proud to admit this, I've left my laptop at TSA. I did it once at LAX, and I did it another time at the Dallas airport. Somehow, I I got it back both times. But this was before I was keeping everything on externals, and I've never had a stomach drop sobering moment, like feeling like you're on a roller coaster worse than that, thinking well, for one, I've already got a video in progress, and I lost that. But also, the entire library of modern builds videos are just gone. I yeah. guess.
1: I guess this is a very good time to talk about that balance between safety, redundancy, and efficiency. Exactly. Big time. I think that's what we're all like. I mean, these are the trends that are shaping what's happening in the world at all right now. It's like, oh well. We don't need this many hospital beds most of the time. So let's only have a few of them. But then suddenly something like this comes up. It's like, oh, damn, It would be nice if we had a little bit more expansion room. Right. It's the same thing with shop design. It's like, well, I can pack this many tools into it, but I can't build three projects that take a long time with a lot of glue ups simultaneously because there's no empty space. Yeah. So with digital stuff, it's like, oh. It takes longer after you back, I mean, one, it does take some time to archive these big video files, but even more than that, it takes, it, it's something that I need to get better at is actually taking the physical time to then, when I back up to two hard drives that are the same, then take one of those hard drives and lock it into a secure place differently from the other hard drive.
0: Right. Yeah. Like I've, I've thought about doing it and I can so easily just take one of my hard drives right now to my parents' house who live, you know, not, not even 10 minutes away from me. But I know that like, then I would probably never get it again. Like it would just be there with whatever is on it as of, you know, March, 2020. And that would be where it ends. Cause I just would be like, it's so out of sight, out of mind. Maybe that's not
2: the worst thing. Like every six months, you just give your parents another hard drive.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just fill them up. And then once it's full, there you go. Mom and dad, happy birthday. Mike's Mike gave you got his parents a raised garden bed. You get my old externals. So if you ever want to make some terrible
2: recuts of four eyes videos, you have <laughs> the power.
0: Oh, that'd be pretty good. I have my mom start a YouTube channel of just like whack recuts of four eyes.
2: Yeah. It's like all, every time you mess up and cut it out, she just, that's the only thing in her edit.
0: We'll <laughs> put it, yeah. Just the, all the cutting room floor. Well, what, are, yeah.
1: what are like things in life that you guys are really safe on? And then what are things that you're, really risky on
2: i don't play many things safe my guy (laughs) chris hit it like be be, be real what about you
0: i mean i am like that i
2: always wear my seatbelt.
0: oh yeah for sure
2: oh you know what you do ben that drives me not crazy but i never do it and i never expect it you put the emergency brake on everywhere you park isn't that weird
1: i know yeah because every time
2: In
0: in an automatic car yeah Every time I drive
2: one of your vehicles, which, you know, it's like once every two you're or three always, months, like, so it's not often you're enough. You're going the first I, 10
1: miles with the emergency brake Dude, I'm on. telling you,
2: I grind that freaking <laughs> emergency brake. Like, I feel sorry for your truck every time I do it because it takes me, like, about a minute to realize. I'm like, damn, something's wrong with this it's truck. Kind of really he needs slow. to really get this checked. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm going to put the I emergency brake on idiot. if I'm on a hill. But then I, I also, you know, I've driven a lot of manual cars, so then you put it on, but... That is kind of weird. You're weird. Yeah, but ben. it's.
2: I've gotten to the point now where like even even just being out of town for about two weeks today, I drove my truck for the first time and I went to check the emergency brake because so I was no, I was just no. thinking I don't I they had no reason to no one at the house had any reason to borrow my truck, but just in case I'm gonna check the e brake.
1: Yeah, I'm very inconsistent with my safety protocols. Like I am fully comfortable climbing pretty high. Cliffs and mountains and stuff without any sort of rope and not even in climbing clothes or gear. But then, like, yes. I always put on the e-brake. I always wear my seatbelt. I always wear the seatbelt. I always belt. wear my seat belt. I feel like that's, that's like a no-brainer
0: at this point in, in life. It's crazy to think there's people who don't.
1: I'm pretty good about eye protection, <laughs> too, for the most part.
0: Yeah, it's. I find myself appreciating the fact that i
2: I do wear prescription eyeglasses because... I think there'd be a lot of times where it's not that I wouldn't care to do it. I just wouldn't even think to do it, but I always got something over my eyes and I really do appreciate that. Four eyes, baby. Exactly. Thanks Chris. All the time.
1: Yeah. It, it is weird, right? Like that's why it's, it's so funny to me when people call someone like you're a hypocrite. I'm like, well, isn't
0: we all are.
1: everyone <laughs> like
2: I, the nobody minute...
1: is perfectly
2: consistent
1: in their logic or the way they do things. The minute right. I meet somebody that's like, right. That is perfectly consistent. I'm going to think like, okay, artificial intelligence has happened. This <laughs> singularity. is a straight up. Yep. This is, this is something out of Westworld.
0: Probably. Yeah. 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 You know, I've always timely. I've always been a, a big hand washer, but like, I know. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Who's laughing now as I have coronavirus. Right. No. We'll see you in 12 days. But, um, I know that it's like not actually stopping anything. And there's like, I still touch my face all the time when I haven't washed my hand in a long time. But like for some reason, if I'm going to eat, it's like, oh, no, you got to wash your hands really good. And I'm sure it just like comes from my dad telling me to wash my hands when I was a little kid or whatever. But ahead of the curve. Good for you, man. But
2: you still touch your face. And I've caught myself doing that so much. I had no idea I touched my face so much. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a everyone's sort of learning that. I'm weird with like food safety, right? Ooh, like, okay. So if I'm like grilling chicken, oh, I'm like, like washing my oil. hands and everything oh my that God. like, every, it's so impractical. Like, also because it's like, I always debate, right? So if I use the tongs to put the raw chicken from yeah. <sighs> the dish where I was seasoning it onto the grill, yes. then it's like, well, there's raw chicken germs on there. Then if I go to flip the chicken, where the germs are probably mostly killed on the chicken itself, Am I adding more of that salmonella nastiness from the tongs back into, so I wash the tongs in between.
0: Dude, this is why I could never be a cook. Like I wash my hands like a thousand times while I'm cooking and like every, I have to have like five different sets of tongs and I'm terrible (laughs) because of that.
1: There's so many
2: other things that I just don't care about, (laughs) but like, yes, it's like you're adding salt to the chicken, but then you have to flip it. Right. And then what? You're just going to touch the salt shaker yeah, again? I know. We're, <laughs> we're slippery
0: slope. <laughs> we're all. You might as well
1: just lick the raw chicken at this point. We're part. all inconsistent, hypocritical idiots. Pretty for much. For the most part. And as
2: long as we're self aware to a certain degree, the world is a better place. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: It's why I never get that angry about politics and stuff like that. It's like, I just assume they're almost oh, like, that's just another person. They're probably just another idiot like me. Like, hopefully, a little bit smarter. Right. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe we'll see. But it's like, yeah. No I, I always thought that was so weird when people are like, He's inconsistent. And it's like Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I
2: mean I, I changed my mind on a daily basis, let alone like a ten a ten
1: year period. Yeah, I know like people that have changed their religions. Like <laughs> they've changed their fundamental idea of like the existence of the universe. I mean also though. Yeah. Never mind. As <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, no, hit it now. I need to know. No, I well,
0: think ben, Ben's about to offend people. It sounds like. Do
1: it. I I know I know a person <laughs> who I don't think listen. They might listen to, but oh well. If they do, no hard feelings. Yeah, good person that went from a religious background to being an atheist, which seemed more mm-hmm. like a rebellion, although sort of cloaked in this sort of uh, shield of objectiveness and rational thought they're so then getting really into crystals ah. uh, oh <laughs> i was like yeah hey oh yeah um i mean one crystals are lovely they're they look really cool i can see if you're gonna think something has powers like i mean as far as inanimate objects goes like like fairly good choice they look they look awesome but yeah i was just like huh how do you how do yeah. you get from there to there to there
0: I think so not, I've known people before who were atheists, but also, like, believed in ghosts or that, like, something could be haunted. Uh so or they're going like, for, like, there's, know. like,
1: an actual sort of physical element to that.
0: I think they just liked Halloween, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, a little too much? I just freaking love Halloween so much that I'm willing to suspend disbelief.
1: Right. But I guess that makes sense. I mean, you can like things that aren't consistently, like, you can like... You can like an amazing croissant or creme brulee, but also like a Twinkie.
0: I, I like sure. them all. Yeah. hundred percent. Pop tarts and empanadas. <laughs> I don't discriminate.
1: <laughs> There's your band name.
0: <laughs> 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 done and done. And back on the crystal thing, geodes are so cool. <laughs> getting a cool cross section of a geode dude i remember being all up on those in like first grade right, but you're, you're, not gonna,
1: a- you're not going to enlist them as part of your preventative measures against coronavirus though i mean not until they cure my coronavirus
2: <laughs> like,
0: why don't i use my e-brake in my car a little something called geode friend crystal car energy dude crystal energy repelled
2: all of the coronaviruses. It, that's why I'm not sick so far.
1: And, and this brings me back to the comment sections. Like there's so many yep. times where people say, why did you do this? And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> well, I feel like that should be
0: the new thing now that like everyone's at home and has time. If they, w- if they tell you, you should have done it this way. Now you can just be like, you should do it that way. You now that time? we all have the time. Yeah, go ahead. You make the video and do it. Right. Cause that's the thing though. Everybody's working on to
2: them. What is the next logical step? And so when people are saying, why didn't you build it this way? Or why didn't you do that? It's, it's literally just because I didn't think of it. Right. I thought of something else.
0: I was in a different place at the time that I decided this. You know, so I noticed that the video that we put out a week ago or whatever, where the 24 hour build. Oh, yeah. We got so many more comments on that one about like the design. A lot of like, I would have done it this way. And I wonder if it was because we showed ourselves designing it in the like that's how it starts off with us like coming in with a blank slate and being like, What about this? What about that? What about that? And it just invited all those comments. I, I didn't yeah. think about it at first. I thought at first like people were just like, Man, Sean, people really like to tell you what to do about designing things, but then I was like, Oh, it's cause we showed ourselves. Mm. It Just invited all those comments. So I'm curious. Those so those comments?
2: comments was a lot of it that type of let's just kind of blanket that whole category of you should t- comment what, or was it a lot more of just genuine sort of, Hey, it was, I would have done I it this have. way.
0: Yeah. It was, I would have done that's this awesome. or, or also a lot of like, they didn't think the design was that great, but like seeing the build was cool. Awesome. No, that's, that's the feedback
2: that I, at least I hope that I get, you know? Yeah. Where it's not just saying, you did it
0: wrong, you should have done it the way I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, They were definitely not like negative, hostile type comments. Well, then they that's were, pretty cool. You know, people either, at least trying to be constructive, which, you know, I can, I can respect that.
2: Yeah, through the portal of the internet that has a good way of not getting sort of like emotion across.
0: Yeah, I don't, that, that is the problem. Like, even when someone, it's always hard to tell, like if someone's, it, it's actually hard to give good constructive advice in a comment like you have to be kind of an artist in the way that you do it for the person to not read it and get defensive because you like, really
2: got to sort of like preload the front where it's like hey great project
0: but yeah <laughs> but even then you're like oh god here comes a but i can feel a hundred percent yeah that, however, that's an art form yes however, there you go. however that's that, that might be do it. there's a big however coming <laughs> all right what you guys obsessed with oh we're dipping into this right now. Unless you got something else. I figured now's the time when people need new things to consume more than ever, right? Let's talk about truth. it. All right. So I've you got mean, one I'll and go I'm going to come
2: back after everybody else does theirs because I've been consuming more than average.
0: Mm.
1: Well, it's interesting. So th- I just saw that I think it's... Wait,
0: you're, you're hopscotching
2: <laughs> me after I just did a whole thing. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying no, you were going like to go it. after.
1: He's I will, go but before, I'm also going right here.
2: We're We're getting getting a a sandwich. My recommendation is Real Bros of Simi Valley. It's Simi got Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Yeah, you know you're from here, man. Basically, it's like uh, it's like a mock reality show of Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Yeah. And it's got it's it's by a guy named Jimmy Tatro, who's sort of like one of the OG comedy YouTubers. He's got a Netflix show called American Vandal. I think. Oh yeah, that's good. Right. And oh, so. yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the show that he's producing. It got backed by Facebook for this third, third season that they're doing. So it's on Facebook. Just Google and you'll be able to find it. It's called Real Bros of Simi Valley. Very funny. See me. Got Jimmy Tatro, Cody Co, Getter, Nick Coletti. Who else? All the heavy hitters. All the heavy hitters of Vine. Nice. That are now 29 and a half years old. <laughs> and right. looking for legitimate career paths. No, I'm playing. They're all killing it.
1: Ben, what do you got? I've been watching the first two episodes of Westworld.
0: Nice. Okay. I don't know. It's like. You mean the first two episodes of the new season? Season three. Okay. And this is on
1: HBO? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Westworld's a tricky show. It's. I wouldn't say it's good. <laughs> it's. The first. Okay. Was the first season good?
0: I watched the first season and then. My like, parents were hype. It's. And I started watching the second season and then I kind of like. It's just visually ran out of spectacular.
1: Time. Like it's. So well made and it's, it's very technical. I feel like at a, you know what I feel? It's like going to a restaurant where you don't enjoy the food, but you're kind of impressed by it and it's good. Like gotcha. it's not, <laughs> it's, 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 it's watching it's somebody cut dovetails. made, but it's not delicious. I find the show like visually enthralling and the premises like thought provoking. I just don't give a shit about like Rats any of the butt. characters. Right. But I think what's interesting about it is that it's it's so much shows, so many shows about the future are dystopian and ominous and depressing. And this show is clean and meticulous and like a organized, like crazy impressive future that's also depressing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it has Yeah, so I've
2: caught a couple of clips. So it's oh, a, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: And I think that was like the, the what I think is interesting relative to the supply of other sci-fi that I see is that dystopian isn't a look; it's like a feel more, right? Like, like you could make a show a, with a Mad Max aesthetic that was felt like Burning Man, which is really full of joy and happy and silly and and carefree. And you yeah. can have something that looks like an Apple Store on steroids that feels like oppressing, dictatorial. And, like, there's no hope in the world. So I guess I, I recommend it just because it's expertly done. And there's a great, like, Game of Thrones crossover, of all things, in this episode. They pulled it off. Like, I mean, that's kind of a crazy thing to pull off, but they did. They basically implied that, spoiler alert, that Game of Thrones was, like, a one of the Westworld's, like, simulations yeah. that you could, like, enter.
0: Oh, dang.
1: Yeah. So they even had, like, one of the the CGI dragons from... Game of Thrones in it. Oh wow! Yeah.
0: No, see, I'm interested in, in watching it just to see that, but like, then I'm like, uh, do I really want to invest myself and go through all of season two? And it's yeah. we'll just watch it, and if you like it, keep watching.
1: If you, you don't can go stop. back,
0: that I got. Well, it's season three. That they're yeah, on, yeah just so start at the just, top.
1: But there's not a lot of episodes. There's like eight or ten in each season. Like all right, all right. It's fun. Like uh, I'll try it. I think I think you would like it. For I mean, it's it's Christopher Nolan and his wife. Christopher Nolan's brother and his wife are like the showrunners. Okay. And the, they know what they're doing. It's just, it's like dry and spectacular at the same time. It's like okay. molecular gastronomy. There you go. What about sense. you, Chris? Hit right. it, bro.
0: I got a new podcast that I've been listening to, which I'm, it's in its fifth season right now. They do seasons. I just finished the first season. It's called Ear hustle. Either of you heard of that one? Nope. It's basically, uh, it, It's so the hosts are an inmate at San Quentin Prison. Whoa. And this yeah, and and a lady who um Twist. Yeah, who goes there and like like teaches visual arts at the prison. And they started this podcast. Like it's all the the sound production and everything is done by inmates. And it's basically all about like life in prison and like it, it jumps back and forth between like different topics, but then it'll use like somebody's experience and stories about a person to illustrate that topic. It's really interesting because like it is one of those things where you, you very much realize when you're listening to it, that like you see the same tropes about prison over and over in, in TV shows and movies and everything. And like they come from somewhere. So there's like probably some truth in them, but for the but most it's still part, dramatic. yeah, yeah. it's not like what these these people's experiences and like what, prison is probably really like. It's definitely a very like interesting show. It can get like a little heavy and a little depressing. Like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll binge like three episodes while I'm working or whatever. And I'll be like, all right, I need to just like listen to some upbeat music or something now. Cause I don't want to just like be in that funk of, you know, listening to that for three hours or whatever, yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely enjoyable and interesting. And like, if, if that sounds interesting at all to you, I would Highly recommend.
1: Best prison movie you've ever seen? Probably wrong Tango, and Cash. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never seen it, so boom. Can't be wrong.
2: No. Actually, the Adam Sandler version of The Longest Yard. Boom.
0: <laughs> that's not even the best version of for The Longest Yard, bro. Nailed it. You know what's a weird one
1: that's like pretty intense?
0: Ernest Goes to Prison.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Yep. Yeah, it's weird for sure. Brawl and Cell Block 99.
0: I think you talked about this. Yeah,
1: it's. It's weird. it's the same guy that did that movie dragged across concrete. Uh huh. It's. I remember like, he was talking about no yeah. No like one real shoots gritty. violence this way. It's right. So it's not like bloody over the top. The sound is so horrific.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time. I don't know if it was like in Fight Club or what, but like the first time I watched a movie where like yeah, the foley artists instead of like putting like a when somebody gets hit, they just right. did like.
1: It, punch a, it sounded like a real a, punch a half rack of a, yeah a, 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 it sounded like a piece meat. of meat or whatever and you're right.
0: like "Ooh, that's a lot more visceral sounding actually yeah, it's, <laughs> it's way scarier
1: and way creepier what's that other good prison movie yeah shawshank's probably the best oh yeah. shot caller it's that I one remember? with the guy from game of thrones like the uh, nicolai costo waldo okay yeah that movie's awesome jamie lannister yeah Sh- i think it's what's shot? like oh, okay. shock caller shock caller shot caller like oh shot caller. decision maker okay. Gotcha. Like Babe Ruth. Yeah.
2: Boom. <laughs> nice. Calling. The all shot. right. So since we're
1: all on movies
2: and shit like that, I am going to recommend one that if you're a fan of the director like Yorgos Lathmos, he did like The Lobster or uh, you know Killing of a Sacred Deer. Well, for one, mm-hmm. watch his other movie, his his kind of like first big one called Dog Tooth. That's great, but that's not what I'm recommending. I'm recommending it's a Swedish movie probably from like four or five years ago. It's called A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. Mm. It's great. It's a subtitle movie. What are you watching? And on? It's, it's all a bunch of vignettes. So it'll be a, a scene that is its own thing. It'll last like five to 12 minutes. And it's a full movie that's put together with a bunch of these components. It's really great. Okay. The sort of main storyline and characters that you follow along through it are compelling and really depressing. And then all of the small vignettes are even more depressing, but it's shot incredibly well. Uh, It's directed by a guy named uh, Roy Anderson. He did really, really well. The shot composition in this movie is, I think, the biggest takeaway, or at least it's the biggest takeaway for me. And if you're into kind of art house, Cannes, festival stuff, I think you would really, really enjoy this movie. So it's a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on existence. And it's available on
0: Amazon. Con and Simi Valley. Wait, what? Because <laughs> I think, what were you calling Simi Valley? Simi Valley? And then oh, yeah. I think Kansas Con. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm just going to keep <laughs> correcting you on everything now. What,
2: where, do you, where did you say you watch it? I think, I know that it's available on Amazon because I recently watched it on there. But the first time I saw it, it was on Netflix. It may okay. be on there, it may not. Gotcha. Good, so check good them out. Picks. But anyways, thank you you guys so much for listening. Whether you're at work, on your way to work, at home working, or in your workshop, we appreciate you guys tuning in every week, making us a part of your routine. If you have any questions, comments, topic suggestions, or things we should talk about on the show, you can always hit us up on Instagram. I am at Modern Builds. Ben is at Benjamin Ueda, and Chris is at Four Eyes Furniture. Once again, check out Maker Brand. Maker Brand is the spot. You need some simple finish. You need some clamps. Go pick them up. We are in stock and we are currently shipping. Otherwise. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. Peace out.